0: contact. Paranormal encounters like out-of-body experience, near-death experiences, and other incidents of high strangeness. Is there a common denominator with individuals who report their brushes with the non-human realm? The Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, also known as FREE, is an organization whose primary mission is to understand the depths and dimensions of this still mysterious but important phenomenon. Once again, I had occasion to speak with one of Free's co-founders, Ray Hernandez. This time, we had a face-to-face discussion while on location at the 5th Annual Experiencers Speak Conference in Portland, Maine, of which Ray also delivered a fascinating presentation based on the findings of Free. Listen in now as he highlights how Free was born with all of its synchronistic twists and turns that came with it. Then hear his explanation about the many facets that go along with the ET contact phenomenon. in a while I have the pleasure of doing a a show on location, and we get to go from radio to TV, and today's one of those days. I am here, I am so thrilled to be here, in my neck of the woods, Portland, Maine, for the Experiencers Speak Conference, I believe it's the fifth annual Experiencers Speak Conference where we are hearing from such a range and scope of brilliant, loving individuals who happen to have extraterrestrial contact. I have one of these individuals here with me today. His name is Ray Hernandez. Y'all may know Ray because we had him on the show uh, about a month or so ago uh, to talk about his experiences, his range of experiences with non-human entities. And I like to, I prefer to use the the term non-human because I think there's such a range of intelligence that exists out there. It's not just extraterrestrial. So uh, we've talked about that a little bit today. What I really want to do is zone in on an organization that Ray is. Uh, Connected with Clone 3, which is the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. And I'm so delighted that today we're going to have a chance to talk to Ray a little bit more about the organization. Now, again, we spent a lot of time talking about your experiences um, and what led you to be a part of the free organization. But today, what I really want to focus on is the work that Free is doing, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on, uh, so I want to I want to really get into one aspect that I found uh, really intriguing and very important that Free is offering, and that is your support uh, infrastructure for other people who have had experiences that don't know where to go, so that's something that I, I definitely want to focus on, but I want to start with, perhaps, Ray, you outlining Free's mission and the impetus for what brought Free together. Okay.
1: Um, Freed was brought together, I think, from these non-human intelligence, um, synchronistically over a three-day period. Um, Mary Rodwell uh, responded to an email that I had sent her seven months prior, uh, uh and she responded to that email the date that I had an out-of-body experience where I was shown how all of the different contact modalities uh, i.e. all of the different uh, mechanisms where humans are having uh, contact with non-human intelligence. Uh, for example, near-death experiences, UFO-related contact, mystical meditation, remote viewing, channeling, you know, spirit world contact, etc., uh, etc. Et um, the out-of-body experience dealt with that all of these uh, modalities of contact are, uh, are indeed interrelated, but yet humans are studying them separately. But in in fact, it's all interrelated uh, under some form of advanced physics, which humans are calling it consciousness. And then it gave me a specific mission of what I needed to do. So Mary, that same day that I had that experience, uh, responded to an email that I sent seven months ago. But she received that email that same day that I had that experience. The very next day, I got a telephone call from Dr. Rudy Shields. He called me up at my house. I didn't even know who this man was. Dr. Rudy Shields uh, is an emeritus professor of astrophysics at Harvard University. He's one of the world's leading authorities on the physics of consciousness. Uh, He has several journals in his Journal of Cosmology uh, dedicated to consciousness. He was a very close friend of the late Dr. John Mack, who was a medical psychiatrist at Harvard University, Harvard Medical School, who had worked with experiencers for many years, and a very dear friend of of Mary Rodwell as well. So this man called me at 9.30 in the morning and told me that uh, the experience that I had and that I had a body experience where I was given the information that all of these modalities of contact are interrelated, they're not separate. And he says that I, it was 100% correct. And that a theory that he and Dr. Edgar Mitchell have been working on for, seven, for about 20 years now called the quantum hologram theory of physics and consciousness mm-hmm. can indeed explain how they're all interrelated. And then uh, that afternoon, I was on the phone with Dr. Mitchell, who invited me to his house. Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Dr. Everyone. Edgar Mitchell. Late, Unfortunately, late Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Correct. Right. Yeah. And then the next day, I was at Dr. Mitchell's home. And that's when Free began. That's when Free began. Correct. Uh, it was at his house. Yeah. And it was comprised of Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Dr. Woody Shields, Mary Rodwell, and myself. Wonderful. And that's why I meant it was, you know divinely guided. I would say so, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, you and I have had this conversation before, and you briefly told me the story of how uh, free came together. And again, I think when things are meant to be, they happen synchronistically. We don't have to push that hard. So. Yeah. And I think what a legacy Dr. Mitchell has left for free and for all of us to, to, to sort of lay that foundation, give his blessing, and as a result, you've grown into a wonderful organization and are continuing to grow. And I really... What I want to talk about, you touch on contact modalities, but if you go to the website everyone, which is experiencer.org, of course we'll have a link uh, at the bottom of this post, Uh, but uh, if you go to the website, which is beautifully laid out, it it initially shows you all of the key areas that FREE covers, including contact modalities, you have a section called the Science of Consciousness, the Experiencer Research Study, which is a big part of the FREE model. And I really do want to get into that. And as I said, eventually I'd like to have you discuss uh, the support uh, aspect. But let's get into the, the, the whole idea of contact modalities because I think that is absolutely key in what we're talking about here. You know, people still tend to think of a contact experience as having a very sort of basic or classic framework. And as we have seen at this conference and listening to all the stories from the experiencers themselves, the, uh, the experience is as broad as each individual that has it. So uh, let's let's get into talking about uh, about that the contact modalities and how consciousness is the central that's the key is the key in this entire correct, correct. scenario. So let's correct, talk about correct. That.
1: Um, first of all, as I said before, this information was given to me in the form of an out of body experience where information was brought to me. Then it was validated by Rudy, Dr. Uh, Rudy Shields, and then Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Dr. Edgar Mitchell, as many people here know, was the founder of the Institute for Noetic Sciences. He wrote a book in 1973, um, I, I think it's called The Psychic Phenomenon, where he had uh, numerous chapters about all aspects of the psychic phenomenon, of the paranormal, uh, ESP, precognition out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences. Uh, it was a whole book which was light years ahead of its time. Um, the Institute for Moetic Sciences is an organization that studies this whole aspect of consciousness, of energy healing, of remote viewing, of ESP, telepathy, etc., etc. So Edgar uh, was one of the pioneers in this. So here I was, after having these experiences, these two geniuses, in the telling me that, yes, you know, you were given... the the real truth about what really is going on and so what what we uh as an organization decided to focus on is an organization that's focused on consciousness not on you we're not a ufology organization and the way that we're viewing this is by viewing the contact experiences and then comparing of people that have had all these diverse contact uh modalities contact with non-human intelligence via all these different contact modalities And um, one of the projects that uh, we're undertaking is the Free Experiencer Research Study, which is the world's first ever comprehensive academic scientific study of people that have had UFO-related contact experiences. It's never been done before. And what we found out was that these individuals are having a vast array of quote-unquote paranormal type of experiences. Uh, For example, 80% of these individuals have had out-of-body experiences. 37% have had near-death experiences. 50% have had a miraculous medical healing. Their families, 95% of these individuals, either them or a member of their family, have had paranormal experiences. I could go on and on and on. So that's what I'm saying is that all of these experiences are all interconnected. Yes. Fall into connected. Yeah. People have psychic and precognition skills. After you've had uh, seen a huge UFO, or have had uh, a near-death experience, or have had a mystical meditation, okay, all of a sudden people are, you know, very psychic. They're able to tell things in the future. Uh,
0: if I can ask, yeah. Ray, are you finding that based on the research that you're getting that the people that are talking about the other? experiences, the NDEs, the OBEs, the, the, the incredible psychic uh, proclivity that they now have, is it happening after their so-called contact experience or in some cases did those experiences lead up to the contact experience?
1: It's a mixture of both. It's a mixture of both. It's not one or the other. Okay. There's many, many people for years that were having these type of psychic type of experiences, which then led to physical experiences. Mm-hmm. There's other people that since they were very young, they were having these physical experiences. But more than anything, it's more of the psychic type of experiences. And then later on they transitioned, they became even more powerful. Um, people having like for example these out of body experiences where they were go into this matrix reality and they would be communicating with a conscious being. You know, the being might not be there but they're having this communication, you know. And then seeing a UFO, you know, months later or a couple of weeks later, very, very up close things of this sort. So it's a mixture of both.
0: Let's get into, you know, uh, what would we call it, the qualitative aspects of the profile. And again, I want to be careful when I use that word profile because I think there's a a negative connotation that tends to go with profiling these days. But in the context of what we're talking about here, has 3 really gotten into looking at certain characteristics of an individual, age, male or female, certain ethnic groups, certain backgrounds, uh, and finding any uh, common friends at all.
1: We haven't gotten to that point yet of actually doing these cross-comparative yeah. analysis of the actual data fields. We do ask all lot questions. So we ask age, you know, uh, uh, their race, gender, ethnicity, occupations, where they live you know, what country, what languages they speak, that sort of thing, we do ask all of that on top of 600 additional questions, but we're not there yet. Uh, we're finishing up phase three, uh, we've, uh, we've already finished phase one and two, which is uh, respond, uh, responses to 600 quantitative questions in our survey. And in English, the English language survey, we've gotten 2,000, almost 2,600 responses, which is a huge number, from over 85 countries in the English language. And now we're completing phase three, which is uh, respondents responses to 70 open-ended questions. So people have to physically write out the details uh, to to 70 questions. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a thousand responses now. Okay, now these are the hardcore experiences, because as each phase progresses, uh, the people that are responding to this are only the hardcore experiences. and um, so this is a huge undertaking. Uh, we're in the third year of this uh, academic study. We have uh, six retired PhD professors and four other lay people uh, as part of our board of advisors. Plus, we have a separate research committee where we brought in consultants. You know, people have been working in this field uh, for many, many years to to give us input and guidance as well. And so, uh, it's never been done before. and That's why the findings that we're getting uh, are.
0: Going to be totally transforming the field of the paranormal and the field of ufology. Absolutely, I think it is brilliant that you have sought to sort of intertwine. Uh, you know, we have this big thing that we call the ET UFO phenomenon and the contact therein, and everything else. And I think I agree with you. I think for a long time, uh, many people have been had been partitioning these experiences and you know, this is categorized as a near-death experience and this is categorized as an out-of-body experience and this is a reincarnational experience and this is a synchronistic versus int- intuitive experience and and not that i have seen has there been any formal organization that has sought to bring all of these together Correct. Because I think it really helps to build a case for the true nature of reality. So I I think that's stellar, and I really applaud the work that you're doing. I think a lot of people will be interested eventually in in getting an idea as to the likelihood of an individual, and we're all unique, we've had this conversation off off line on there, that we're all unique and the experiences invariably are very subjective. But I'm always interested knowing if there is some tendency toward a certain or what might be the impetus for one individual having the experience versus another individual not. Is there a a generational component that we have going on here? That I've heard a lot sort of uh, informally, you know, an individual comes to have a contact experience and later finds out that the paternal and maternal parent, uh, grandparents and so on have been having experiences. So I think these can, they have a measure of importance. We
1: asked that question in terms of family background, family relationships. We have roughly 70 questions that we asked. Tonight in my presentation, I'll be discussing that. And we found out that yes, okay, many of the children are having these experiences, their spouses, their parents, their siblings. Uh, We don't have a lot of data on the grandparents or the grandchildren, obviously, because uh, many grandparents are not around, you don't talk to your grandparents about this, or your grandkids, that sort of thing. But definitely a very, very strong relationship with very close family members. So it's not just you as an individual that's having this, it's the entire clan right. <laughs> that's right. having this. And in terms of why certain people, and why not others, we really don't know about that. Um, you know, what we're doing is basically the first ever uh, uh, attempt to address some of these questions. This is gonna be a multi-generation you know, study. After I'm long gone, these types of studies are going to continue. And we might get to the point where we might have a better idea to address that question. But at this point, we don't know. Like, for example, my case, I'm 60 years old. And today is 20, it's 2016, okay? Uh, September, uh, excuse me, uh, late August. My experiences started only four years ago. It was March of 2012. Before that, my wife and I had zero recollection of any of these experiences. And then it was like, boom, 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 boom one after right. another, continuous, continuous. Who can explain that? We were like dormant we for all wide. these years. Yeah, yeah the why. We don't know about that. You
0: know, that's another interesting thing as is, is we're talking, Ray. I, you know, and as I've been speaking to individuals that are here attending the conference who are invariably experiencers, more and more I'm hearing are saying that, it, and these are adults. These are adults who are, you know, in their, you know, well, I mean, we have... 2-year-olds here but we also have 50 60 70-year-olds and many yeah. more and many of them are saying that that are in their latter years are saying that this happened only a few years yeah. ago this this epiphany happened not that long ago do you think that there might be a why to that you know we I we're well that.
1: I could only speculate on that and that comes with a lot of anecdotal conversations that I'm having with many many of the researchers like yeah. Mary Rodwell Rose Mary Ellen Guiley Dr. Rudy Shields, Edgar before he passed away, many of the members of our board, people who have been in this field most them for over 30 years, they all see an acceleration of this awakening process, okay? That more and more people are becoming conscious to the true nature of our reality, which is a multi-dimensional type of reality that consciousness is the focus to it. So many people are becoming hip to this fact, okay? And, um, and a lot of people always mention, I feel that, that something is accelerating, that something is increasing, some type of energy, something, that something major is gonna happen. So, you know, obviously nobody knows, but my response to that is that it's happening now, and what it is, it's an awakening of people, Right. you know? People are being awakened, for example, near-death experiences, when did that come out publicly? With Raymond Moody's book, in 1975. Mm-hmm. The UFO uh, contact experience, not seeing UFOs, but the actual contact with other entities, the, the Benny and Barney Hill case, and before that, the Contactee movement, but that didn't get much play. And initially, the Betty Barney Hill uh, experience did not get much play either. It wasn't until you know Bud Hopkins, David Jacobs, Doctor John Mack started talking about abductions, then all of a sudden, and that was in the late seventies, same time as the near-death experience. Right? Is that a coincidence? No. Okay. All the Reiki and energy healing—that's been going on thousands of years with all of the the indigenous cultures, but as a movement, as a social movement, New Age type of movement, it's been the 70s, okay? Now, are these coincidences? I say no. Is these types of initiatives that they upstairs have brought down to us. This is the right time. You guys are going to blow each other up. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're building these nuclear uh, uh, weapons all over uh, all over the world. Okay, you're at the brink of self-destruction. You need to wake the hell up. You need to change. You need to transform. And I think they're doing it through these types of instruments, okay? These new consciousness awakening instruments to wake society up. We need to change ourselves. If not, we're going to blow each other to extinction. This planet Earth is going to become a wasteland like a desert. We're heading in that direction. So I think what Free is one of the organizations uh, that is beginning to lay the foundation, the basis for this awakening.
0: That's something really to think about because, again, I had not necessarily uh, given a lot of thought to the fact that, I mean, you, we know about children who have uh, talked of their uh, paranormal, if you will, metaphysical experiences and. All too often, unfortunately, they're dismissed, even by family members. You hear about younger people that are, seem to have again this proclivity toward a spiritual lifestyle or spiritual experiences. But again, I'm going to reiterate: in the last, I don't know, several years, in particular, in speaking to people here, I spoke with a gentleman last night who was probably in his 50s or late 50s and his awakening experience and, and contact experience happened only five years ago. So I think that's a very good uh, thesis yep. that you put forward.
1: Correct. This hypos- uh, hypothesis and it's not just mine. It's we have the leading thinkers in this field of contact with non-human intelligence and they're all saying the same thing. You know, that this awakening is taking place. It's increasing almost exponentially. And I think the projects that we're doing in free all it's going to be doing is just accelerating that process.
0: Absolutely. And that's why I want everyone to support Free as, as, as much as possible and get involved. You're, you're a wonderful organization. We're going to talk a little bit more about the website in a minute. Okay. We've got a few more things to cover. Okay. I want to talk about, Ray, this brilliant paper that you wrote that is available on the Free website called The Quantum Hologram Theory of ET Content. Correct. Give us a little backstory. I know that backstory is quite interesting. <laughs> Let's just call it a download you received, and this paper was the result. Tell us about
1: it. Okay. Um, Again, I don't have a science background, I don't have a physics background.
0: What is your background?
1: Um, I attended uh, Cornell University for a master's degree in urban planning, a full academic scholarship. I was a 4.0 student at Cornell, and then I received a, a PhD National Science Foundation Research Fellowship at the University of California, Berkeley which is the school that has the most Nobel Prize winners in the world, okay? And so, you know, very elite prestigious university. And I went there for a PhD in urban city and regional planning. And I was on what you call an ABD, all but dissertation. Uh, my ex-wife got a brain aneurysm when I was writing my dissertation, so I completed all the coursework, I passed all the exams, uh, they approved my dissertation prospectus, you know. I was off writing my, my dissertation, which is normally, you know, a year and a half to two-year process. And then you get your PhD and you become a full prof- uh, te- uh, tenure track professor at a major university. At least those that go to Berkeley. So I couldn't do that because I had to take two full time jobs because we had two little babies. Uh, my wife was basically an invalid uh, at that time. She subsequently deceased. she Subsequently died. Uh, so I could never finish my dissertation. But yet my mindset is as an academic. Okay. Then several years later, I went to law school and then I became an attorney.
0: So. Uh, very, very the, multi-dimensional okay. background. It really <coughs> So that's sandwich. my background, you yeah. know, uh, in terms of Not math. Not in physics, though, no. Right? no. So we're going to talk math, about how I hated, came I, out. I, I hated <laughs>
1: math. Nothing in science. I wouldn't go near that. You get me to write a 50-page paper, I could do it in one night and I'll get an A or an A-plus on it. Okay? The night before. So that, that was my background. Okay. So anyway, um, it's been a year and a half after I had uh, my initial experience with my wife where uh, we had a miraculous healing uh, that occurred in our living room. Basically, this uh, energy being, my wife calls them angels, I call them modern angels, appeared in the living room after my wife called them down because we were going to be euthanizing our dog. Right. And that that story, by the way, is on our... Yeah, yeah. she was totally paralyzed. So so then, that was the beginning of our experiences. And then they just continued these types of crazy experiences. Then, fast forward a year and a half. Okay, I'm in the middle of a traffic jam, going into downtown Miami, 8:30 in the morning. All of a sudden, flip, I'm not my body anymore. I'm not my car. I'm in, I'm just brain. I'm just consciousness. Nothing is around me, right? And then I'm inside this wheel, a huge gigantic wheel with spokes. It's turning around slowly. Inside each spoke was, is is what I now call a contact modality, which are different modalities where humans are piercing the wheel. And having contact with non human intelligence. For example, one spoke was near death experiences. Another spoke was UFO related contact. And another spoke was channeling. And another spoke was mystical meditation. And another spoke was um, ayahuasca journeys or shamanic uh, journeys. Another spoke was, you know, spirits and uh, dead people communicating with that. You know, not necessarily channeling, okay? And on and on, all of these different mechanisms of people who are having contact with non-human intelligence, right, We're inside each of these different spokes. Then what was, this was all information, it wasn't a voice, it was information. Um, and it's difficult to explain. And then uh, what, what I was told, or the information that I got was that humans are studying all of these different experiences separately and individually. But in fact, it's all one, okay, that we need to study them as one. And the glue that's holding it all together is some form of advanced physics that humans are calling it consciousness. Okay? Then they told me I have a mission. And that's to inform humanity of the relationship between them, the spirit world, and consciousness. I'm gonna be needing help. And there's two criteria for that help. It cannot be about money. And I have to get Individuals that have minimal ego to help me out, and then poof, I'm back in my body. Okay. That same night, Mary Rodwell is responding to an email. Okay, that she received seven months earlier, that I stated a little while ago. The next day at 9:30, Rudy gives me a call. Okay. Then the next day, Edgar Mitchell invited me to his house. On the third day, at the home of Edgar Mitchell, free font. Without a mission we had no idea what the whole would be doing without a name it's just let the four of us get together to implement what the ETs gave you okay
0: well we, we talked about this at the at the outset yeah. and again it, it deserves to because this is beyond a synchronicity I think yes. we'd have to invent another word yes. when things come together that magically because that's what it yeah. is I don't like to use
1: that word synchronicity because it doesn't sufficiently explain exactly
0: we have to, we'd have to come up with, with another word. No. I don't know that there is just the way it's supposed to be but again, getting back to how this, this paper was written, the oh, oh, but I want to make a point because it occurred to me as you were telling the story, Ray, about you being in this wheel with a multitude of spokes, and each spoke represented, if you will, a different modality or, or a different aspect of consciousness.
1: Yes, that's what it is. This,
0: in and of itself, to me, I see a hologram. Yes, yes, that's what it is. That was the whole mess. That, so could it be that that experience was also the impetus for your writing this paper?
1: Bingo. <laughs>
0: Bingo. Did I get that? <laughs> Rudy
1: Rudy calls me up, right? Yeah. 9.30 in the morning. I do not even know who this man was, right? And he says uh, that my experience is 100% correct, And that the theory that he and Dr. Mitchell have been working on for 20 years, the quantum hologram theory of consciousness and physics, explains how they're into interconnected. Okay, and then he starts explaining the physics behind that, and half a bit I was understanding, the other half was like you know shoo 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 shoo, and then when I was in Edgar's house, Edgar said the same thing but in a different way. Okay, in in a not so much technical you know uh, verbiage, okay, and also Edgar was getting quite old and he wasn't as uh, vigorous as he was when he was much younger, you know, and uh, so then after that experience, uh, I think it was like two months later, I wrote this paper. Called the quantum hologram theory of ET contact, which is basically I took a theoretical abstract paper, and I brought my experience into the quantum hologram, and I merged them both, yeah, and said I sent it off to Edgar, sent it off to Rudy, I sent it off to Ralph Steiner, who's another genius PhD physicist. Uh, they both saw it. They made some editing changes in terms of the quantum physics aspect of it. You know, made some corrections, little you know fine tuning it here and there, and they said. Ninety percent of it is perfect. Great. Go with it. And it's basically, it's a theory of consciousness and the contact modalities, which is a, a merging of Edgar's and Rudy's theoretical piece and my personal experience. Like
0: that. And by the way, folks, this paper is available in its entirety on the website, it can be downloaded, it can it be shared.
1: It, it can be downloaded, can be shared, uh, under the section of uh, the contact modalities.
0: Beautiful we got more to talk about, folks, and we're going to take a quick little break. I'm going to move out of the sun a little bit because it's getting a little hot out here. It's beautiful, but it's warm. We will be right back. What would you do if the beloved pet you had to put down only months ago suddenly showed up at your doorstep? or you had a dream that your animal companion told you they would be returning to you. Hi, I'm Alexis Brooks, and after having my own amazing animal return experience, I've put together a compelling presentation called The Evidence for Animal Reincarnation, Clues, Characteristics, Confirmation, that include miraculous stories just like mine that happen to real people just like you. You'll hear powerful accounts of animals returning to their owners after they've died. You'll find out if you can actually actually encourage your lost pet to return to you and ways to learn whether they already have. Take a deep dive into the historical beliefs around reincarnation. Learn about synchronicity, intuition, and even dreams and how they all factor into this miraculous phenomenon. To learn more about this unique presentation and to purchase your copy, visit higherjourneys.com forward slash animal reincarnation. That's higherjourneys.com forward slash animal reincarnation. And maybe you too will witness the return of your animal friend that you've been so longing to see. You're listening to Higher Journeys Radio with Alexis Brooks. And now, back to our program. We're back talking to Ray Hernandez from Free. Again, experiencer.org, which is the free website, is chock full of content, so I want everyone to go there. Um, Here's something that particularly caught my attention from the website. We were just talking about John Climo, who wrote the landmark book, which I've had for years, called Channeling. But he also wrote a paper that's available as well on free called uh, Otherworldly and Interdimensional Realities, and that caught my attention. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I think, again, we're still trying to get away from the stigma of... This phenomenon being strictly ET, that being extraterrestrial. And I think a lot we try of. Why us, not to use
1: that term? Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's a wise thing to do. I always put in quotes the ET UFO phenomenon, but we all know it's so much bigger than that. So obviously, when I saw something like otherworldly and interdimensional realities, it caught my attention. I want to get into that because, again, could it be that the interdimensional realities and the interdimensional beings that occupy these realities are really more of what people are experiencing and less about extraterrestrial. let's talk yeah. about
1: that. Uh, Dr. John Primo is uh, um, one of the founding board members of our board of directors. He is the co-chair of our experiential research study. Uh, John is a retired professor of psychology and he's one of the world's best known academic parapsychologists. Uh, people have studied the paranormal. And um, and uh, that article that you mentioned also is in that menu section titled The Contact Modalities. And, uh, again, it's it's uh, John's uh, uh, write-up, exactly what you just said, mm. that maybe these beings are part of this matrix reality of a multiverse. Uh, and Dr. Mac was heading in that direction. He spoke about it in the last years of his life. Mary Rodwell always talks about it. Rudy always talks about it. Edgar Mitchell, same thing. Okay, that um, uh, That's part of this quantum hologram theory of, of physics and consciousness allows for the possibility of information and non-human intelligence is information okay to be filtered into our reality okay and we still don't know whether these are actual you know uh, terrestrial beings mixed with these interdimensional beings or whether we live in a type of matrix create a reality that's we're part of this matrix that's recreating all of these uh, you know, realities and the filtering of all of these um, uh, beings interdimensionally uh, these are all hypotheses that John wrote and all of the other articles in, in, in this section because um, uh, Edgar told me a very long time ago okay, and, I, uh, and he repeated it many many times he says, Ray, we know the equivalent of one grain of sand in an entire beach and then I responded and that's just one beach, no, implying the multiverse. Right. Okay, and so all of the members of our board of directors have that same philosophy. Even though, even Leo Sprinkle, who's eighty-five years old, began re- researching you know the ET alien abduction field uh, in the late '60s. Uh, Leo even told me he's we don't know squat. do we think we know, but we don't know squat. Right. And that's Leo. That's been in this field over fifty years. Yeah. And Mary Rodwell, the same thing, Rudy Shields, all of these folks, these geniuses. I think that's a very healthy perspective to take, you know. And so what we're doing is raising possible hypotheses, okay, based upon, you know, the quantum hologram, based upon the multiverse, based upon the type of experiences people are having. So at this point, we're just raising non-traditional hypotheses, because before it was like, oh, they came from Mars, they came from Venus, you know, they came from Saturn and Jupiter, you know. Ganymede is, you know, one of the, the, the moons of Jupiter, uh, of Jupa, thing, you know. But again, these are you know, traditional uh, conceptions of where these beings might be coming from. Now, the hypothesis of our board is that, you know, hold on a second, these could be even inter-dimensional, interdimensional types of entities.
0: Well, you know, I find that interesting that that should come up in, at Free and somebody that is affiliated with Free, who you and I both know very well, and that's Rosemary Ellen Guyley. And I have to tell you, when I first learned of Free and, and started to get acquainted with the board members, learned that Rosemary is part of the board, I thought that's interesting because uh, although she has. Uh, done a stellar job of research on all things paranormal, inclusive which is the, this phenomenon. But it's not necessarily her, her centerpiece. Her centerpiece, and it has been for many years, has been the shadow being phenomenon, uh, also referred to as, as she sees, sees it as the gym. Uh, she describes these, or they are described, this very inc- inc- incredibly mysterious phenomenon, which, uh, many of my audience know I've covered this uh, this aspect of it for quite some time, seem to be interdimensional in nature. So how much has that come up? And as a matter of fact, I, I'd like to ask that question in terms of your respondents, the information that you're getting from people uh, that are taking the survey that have identified contact as maybe being shadow-like. Okay, but first
1: of all, Rosemary Allen Guy, she herself is an experienced. Had experiences with energy beings and different types of looking beings. She knows that these experiences, not just the jinn, even though she became very well known because of the shadow people and her books on the jinn. but she perfectly understands that what's going on is much, much more complex you know, than that. And she's in sync with our approach. Everything that I just said, she's one hundred percent in sync. Okay. In terms of our research, um, we've asked. Um, uh, many, many different questions of what these beings look like, uh, what they did, what they didn't do, how, did they, how they treat you, they download information, that sort of thing. Um, now, we didn't specifically ask shadow beings. We asked um, whether they were um, energy beings, spirit beings, like slash spirits, uh, human-looking beings, uh, uh, short rays, the tall rays mantids have been beings, reptilians, uh, and then large animal types, small animal types, and then other.
0: Okay? On the other, we had over a thousand others. Okay? Yeah. That just shows you the diversity. Well, is it other? please? If so, please explain. We did. We did.
1: (laughs) We did. Okay? But since we've had 2,600 responses, we would have to go Go through through all of that that and, and write out the others. Yeah. But the point that I'm getting at is that If you also, most of the people have not seen one type of being, They've seen a whole diversity of different types of beings. You know, also, how many times they have seen them? The vast majority have seen them more than 20 times. Uh, In tonight's presentation, I have the whole right. okay? If you're gonna see a being, you're gonna see it more than once, (laughs) okay? And uh, the number one category of the selections, we had 20 or more, we had between like 15 and 10, uh, 10 to 15, uh, 5 to 10, from three to, to five, and then uh, one and under, something like that. The number one largest pie was more than 20.
0: More than 20. We know, as you say that, Ray, it reminds me of a uh, gentleman by the name of Grant Cameron. Many in our audience and fans of ETUFO phenomena know that name. Uh, and one thing that stands out that he once said, stands out for me, is that his contention is if he runs across an individual who has had an experience or recalls one experience, his hypothesis is, you're a lifer, you've been yeah. having experiences all of your life, i.e. 20 or more sightings, and we're talking obviously about uh, people that have had conscious recollection of 20 or more contact experiences, but it could very well be, or maybe I should put this in a question, could it be that those that only have one, from your perspective, have be? had mental threat. Yes, no, I mean, we know
1: that these entities can totally manipulate your mind, your thoughts, your memories. My wife, for example, was taken right in front of me with a dog. A dog was returned with my wife 40, uh, uh, 40 minus, 45 minutes later, totally cured, medically cured. Uh, we were going to put her to sleep that day, okay? My wife, unfortunately, was returned the same, okay? Just kidding, just kidding. They did something with her too, you know, I don't know why. But the, the point I'm getting at is that many, many people are missing time. They have no idea what happened during the time
0: Let's talk about that missing yeah. time. Let's, I want to continue we to focus question. on also, that research.
1: We asked that question. What
0: kind of uh, returns did you get on that?
1: Hundreds and hundreds of people.
0: So would you say that's a common? I I, I,
1: yes, very common. Experience. Very very common experience. Missing time. All of the, these paranormal topics that we're talking about, we've had hundreds and hundreds of people that check that box. Okay. So if And how about that, you? Huh? How about you? Missing time. I don't recall the missing time. You know. I was put to sleep for forty-five minutes. Like this is but in terms of basic time, I don't have any uh, conscious recollection. Not to say that, you know, there are all the experiences that we just don't remember. Uh, we know these things exist,
0: you know. Uh, so, very likely. Again, I think it's worth reiterating that when we're tempted to take this entire phenomenon, put it in a nice, neat little box, label it, if you've had this, then you've had this experience and this experience. No. It, I think if there's one thing that free is shown through the research, it's as varied as can be. And yet you do see commonalities. You do see common threats. Yeah,
1: yeah. Let, let me address that, Please, that issue. go okay? ahead, yeah. Um, all this information, the vast majority of the members of our organization knew what might be the results in these findings because they have been speaking again, Mary, three thousand people. You know, she's working three thousand yes, experiences. So right. there are common threads that she gets. now, and most Mary too, et cetera. But what they didn't have is the statistics that would tell you, okay, this many percent is this, many percent is that. They knew that out of body experiences were associated with the contact phenomenon. They knew that near death experiences were associated with the contact phenomenon. They knew that medical healings were associated with the contact phenomenon, but they had no idea. The percentages, how large are Well, we asked that question. Eighty percent have had an out of body experience. Huge numbers. Out of 2,600 people took our phase two study. Our phase one study. Okay. Near death experiences, thirty-seven percent. Huge number stated that they had a of body experience. Medical healing, fifty percent. Fifty
0: is us here 50%. Okay. I've had a
1: medical healing by these non-human detectives. But these are astronomical. large numbers. We also question, ask questions about the incarnation, about past lives, and past life memories. You know, did any of these keys give you information about the spirit world, Etc. etc. Things that we experience with people like Mary, are invited, et cetera, Joseph, Vincent, Kathleen, Martin. All these people that have worked with the experiences that are, they tell you these stories, you know, and they mention these We had no data to back it up. Now we've got that data. And what we know is that this is not just UFO. You know? Typically It seems UFOs.
0: like that's really not that much of it at all. At all, exactly. It's exactly. almost like a, a,
1: a byproduct or an epiphenomenon of something. Correct, else. correct. That's why in my position, these ufologists, pardon me, are told totally you Okay? Free is not a ufologist. We're not into lights in the sky, analyzing this photo, analyzing this historical document, and this conspiracy theory with the government and this and that. And that. No, we're not into that stuff. Okay? We're in with the actual gold mining. And the gold mining experience. Okay? Not just your whole contact okay? but all of these modalities of content. And that's the field that we need to mine in order to get a better understanding of what really is going on, which in turn will give us information about the true nature of uh, our multi-nusria. Right. That's
0: a lot. Um, I'm tempted to ask you about, again, so many stories, not only of yours, but others that you've heard. I'm going to go ahead and ask it, because I think if we have enough tape, we can keep rolling. I I definitely want to talk about the support programs, because I think it's of utmost importance. Of all the data, That and I know that you personally, there's no way you could have gone through each and every one and read every little word. However, as you are so central to this organization, and obviously have heard stories and read stories out of all of them, are there any that, obviously mentioning names, one, two accounts that just stood you on your ear that you had never heard of before, or anything that just really stands out for you?
1: Well, let me address that question first, and then I'll I'll change that question around in terms of what is the most important finding we've discovered. Okay, so, fair enough. The most mind-blowing experience that I've encountered is actually one of my best friends. Okay, uh, and I'll mention this name because you know he doesn't mind. Me. Okay, okay, Alberto Fernandez. A 71-year-old uh, man born in Cuba, raised in the United States. His wife is a PhD psychologist. Their daughter's a PhD psychologist. He's retired federal DEA agent. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. He and his family, but more himself, has had the most extensive, broad experiences of anyone you can that I've ever read. But, can you give us just a snapshot. Of oh goodness.
0: Few left. He's, he's had near-death
1: experiences, he's had out-of-body experiences, he's had past life, he's had teaching lessons by quote-unquote masters, you know, which are human-looking beings that don't look like the typical palladians. He's seen those, but he's seen many that are, you know, Asian-looking, okay, Asian-looking. Black, you know, African-American-looking. Okay, all oh, shades and colors out there, folks. Okay, matches these, that's important to talk about. Matches these blonde it's, ladies, yeah,
0: that's come up a lot. Okay, okay? and I it has been asked to yep. me, maybe, maybe to you as well. Yep. Why aren't we hearing more discussion? Not to digress too much, but why aren't we hearing more discussion or hearing more from people of color that are having yeah. these experiences? Yeah. So maybe that, that could yep. be a, yep. another discussion, and uh, uh,
1: you know, or he, not. He was raised in Cuba, and Cuba is a multi uh. Cultural and multi, uh, you know, racial t- type of society. Right. So, you know, maybe people get exposed to different things according to what they comfortable with. He's had encounters with Christ. Okay, the actual Christ appeared to him, talked to him, communicated with him. Uh, he's gone to other planets. Okay, with different types of beings. He's had things materialize in his room, in his house, witnessed by other members of his family, witnessed by other family members. He's had healing powers okay someone who had a messed up knee all of a sudden he got this urge to go touch this lady and to try to heal her just so out of the blue it came to him boom 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 the lady's walking out without a crunch i mean on and on and on the stories of this man he's just a consortium of all these stories that right. we're here all wrapped up in yeah
0: week. and he
1: just happens to be one of my my best friends it just now. happens to me. and we we eat lunch at least once a month
0: that accident that he just got. No, not an accident. And that's, no, I'm not being facetious no, here. Yes. I don't think any of these things are coincidental. Um, this is a big thing, and, and, and there are a lot of individuals having a lot of experiences, and I am just so delighted that Free has made a safe environment for people to feel comfortable to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought an individual like this? Again, we, ha- we tend to be habituated toward this idea that. D-E-A agent? Nah, can't be. It's everybody, folks. It's everybody. It's you, right? Maybe? So let's close out with this. And and, um, this does deserve a little bit more time than we can give it, but I do want you to touch on the support programs that FREE offers. This is absolutely important personally to me because I have so many individuals, my now getting into this work a little bit more integrally than I thought of hearing from people that are desperate, that are having experiences, that may not know about free, and certainly that they don't uh, know about the support programs that free offers, so please talk about that. Okay, the support program. Any questions you might have about the support program, send us
1: an email, support at experiencer.org. That's support at experiencer.org. We have a full range of support programs for experiencers. Okay? When I had my experience, again I was totally oblivious to these things, okay? who do you turn to? I went to the internet and I found out that 99.9% of the internet is garbage, is junk. Okay, It confused me even more, you know, they're Nephilim, they're Anunnakis, they're, they're devils, they're gods, they're angels, they're this, they're, you know, and uh, all of these so-called experts were all contradicting each other. One person would say this, this other person would say that, then this other person would attack this person, you know. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Nobody could give me any straight answers. I had no one to talk to. Okay. So what we established in free is a program called the Peer-to-Peer Support Program. And that allows we have uh, forty volunteers, all experiences.
0: So we have someone that takes your email. Hi everyone, we're back. You know. Thank goodness this isn't live. This is recorded. <laughs> so we had to take a little break because we lost a little bit of battery life. So we had to get a little bit more juice. Come out. we're back now, and we're going to conclude with you talking about... If you could just recapture the, the uh, support aspect of Free Forest, that would sure, be great. Sure, sure. Um, many individuals are
1: having these experiences. And uh it might have been positive experiences, not not even negative experiences, but even like myself, positive experiences. Right. But your mind is blown away, you know. Your total reality, conceptual reality is totally destroyed. And then you wanna be able to talk with people about it, you know, who do you turn to? You know, you talk to friends and, you know, they dismiss you or they're not interested or right. they might think you, you know, turned a little crazy, you know. So
0: how would FREE help that? Okay. How do, FREE how
1: do you... has a program. It's called a, a various programs. The first program is a peer-to-peer support program where you send us uh, an email at support at experiencer.org. And, of course, we'll have a link to that. directly. Okay. We'll and then we would respond to your email and then uh, the coordinator would have a short one-on-one conversation with you and then we would match you up with someone that, uh, who is an experiencer that has worked with other experiencers in the past to just listen to you, to talk to you. Okay. That's, that's and smart. if you're not satisfied with that person, we'll hook you up with another person. One person we've gone to three different people. Finally they were satisfied with the third person and then they remain friends
0: and this is all free of charge, free, free now you know what free really means, <laughs> You know, I, I couldn't resist that one, that's beautiful, yeah. that's an important thing Ray, because there's so many people, I mean, there, there's so many things inhibiting people from coming forward, I think first and foremost we're still dealing with the ridicule factor, and we must get over that, but then the other thing is, they're thinking, well if there is someone that I could speak with, it would be expensive, cost prohibitive, this is free. That is so important. I'm going to urge everybody uh, that may think that they've had an experience or two or twenty to please contact free. Uh, This is not about novelty. I probably sound like a broken record. This is about very important information, um, in some cases life saving. I know that there are individuals who have gone through tumultuous times and they're keeping everything in the closet, feeling that there's no one they can talk to. There is somebody that you can talk to. Wonderful people, capable people, loving people, we're talking about free. Ray Hernandez, always a pleasure to talk to you and I know that this is going to be one of many conversations to have. So thank you so thank much.
1: Thank you Alexis. I just want to say it's been an honor being interviewed by you. Uh, You've asked excellent you. questions and uh, everyone, you're not alone. This, re- this uh, reality that we're having is very real and uh, do not uh, keep it to yourself. Contact the organization. You need support, we'll hook you up. All of our data from our research study, our experiential research study, is available to the public uh, under experiencer.org. Just click on the research submenu. Beautiful. Thank you,
0: everyone. It seems that the children at the pool, the cheering people in the background, and even the buzzing creatures in the trees all wanted to get in on the action and have their voices heard, and that they did. I hope this wasn't too much of a deterrent while listening to Ray's great discussion about Free, because he has a lot to share. As we continue to labor to understand what is going on for so many people who have had contact encounters, whether it's explored academically, scientifically, experientially or just through a series of powerful synchronicities. All are worthy tools for investigation. I urge you to visit Free's content rich website at experiencer.org. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out my previous interview with Ray conducted back in June of this year. As always, I thank you for dialing up higher journeys. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.